I want to do two things tonight with this particular pamphlet. One is, I hope to show you how to use it. It's not very hard. A lot of it's self-explanatory, but I hope to show you how to use it so that when you refer to it later on, you, you, you know what you're looking at. Secondly, I hope to give us an overview of just a few of these. I'm not going to drill down on every one, and I'm not going to try to lecture or anything on each one of them. just want to flip through and sort of let's read together some of, of the, the basic tenets of these different faiths and see how they relate to biblical Christianity. And, of course, the whole purpose, as we've been going through on Sunday nights, is for personal evangelism. The purpose is not for us to gain more knowledge just so we can speak intelligently about these things. That's good, but it's only a tool to maybe open a door so that you can understand someone else when you deal with someone who is of one of these faiths or maybe something similar. A lot of times in today's world, you'll see people, as you well know, that sort of combine what they feel is the best of all faiths. They'll put things together. And and so maybe through this, you may or may not come into contact with someone who is uh, of Islamic faith or Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever, but they may be combining things. So you'll see something and you'll recognize, you know, that person sort of believes that. And so maybe through this, this will be an open door. So look on the left-hand side of where you've got it open, and you'll see down, I guess, about a third of the way down, uh, when it says what other groups may teach about Jesus and the Bible response. I'm not going to go through all of that, but you can see what they have done in here is give an extensive way to, to refute according to the Bible. Of course, that's your greatest weapon. Your intelligence, your intellect is great, but your greatest weapon is the Scripture. We've got to rely on that. And so it gives you, just look at the first one. When, when other groups may teach Jesus was not God, it says C verses D, I, U, and Y. And so you look down at the bottom, the corresponding chart, and you can see which verses maybe you want to commit to memory or be able to look up very quickly to refute the fact that if they say Jesus was not God, you can go to the Scripture and say, well, this is what it says. In fact, Jesus is God. And so, anyway, so you can see that as we as we sort of go through that. Okay, I hope that makes sense. Again, I'm not going to go through every single one of those, but you get an idea of how to use that. So, let's start with what biblical Christianity teaches. If we don't know what we believe, it's going to be hard to tell somebody else what we believe. So, we've got to know it first. And so, let's look at it. Much of this will be, will be obviously... Review. So in each one of these, according to this pamphlet, you'll see the first is the key person, founder, uh, just biographical information about how it got started. Then the key writings, who is God, who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, how to be saved, what happens after death, and then just some, some other facts that may be pertinent or interesting. So let's roll through these. Of course, biblical Christianity, the key person, Jesus Christ. Christianity, of course, was founded during his ministry, and then upon his resurrection, of course, it was expanded in the Judean providence of Palestine, which is Israel, of course, today under the Roman Empire. The followers of Jesus became known as Christians. Anybody know the first city where they were called Christians? Antioch. You'll see some some churches, Antioch church or Antioch Baptist Church or something like that, and that's where that comes from. There was a city there uh, known as Antioch, and that was where uh, the followers of Jesus, those who believed in him, were first called Christians. And so Jesus did not set up that title, but of course, the word Christian means little Christ, and so as they imitated Christ, and boy, this is a, this is a whole sermon in and of itself, they, they earned the name Christian. They didn't become Christians by a simple statement of faith, yes, I believe that, they, in a sense, earned the name from outsiders for what they did and how they operated. Isn't that different than what we sometimes think of as 
Christians. Theirs was based upon their living faith and the, and the expression of that in their relationships with other people. Interesting that they themselves were not self-proclaimed Christians, nor did Jesus proclaim them, but other people said, those are little Christs. They do and say and act and, and operate just like he did. It's kind of interesting, just a different way to think about that. Again, a whole other sermon, I'm not going to go there. Key writings, obviously, uh, the Bible, written originally in Hebrew and Aramaic. And for some of this, this may be, you, know, you may have thought, well, I, I didn't know that. The Old Testament, of course, and then the Greek was written in New Testament. Or, uh, uh, the New Testament was written in Greek. It was written in something called Quine Greek, which was sort of the street language, just normal people, the way they talked. And so originally, uh, just understand the, the New Testament in particular, when the Quine Greek was written to be understood. It was written to, 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 to be understandable to regular people like you and me. It wasn't written for scholars, uh, though they could understand it. It wasn't written for, for anybody who had uh, any special knowledge. It was just written for people like you and me. And so who is God? The God, uh, the one God is triune, one God in three persons, not three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Often the title God designates the first person, God the Father, as it says. God is a spiritual being without a physical body. He is personal and involved with people. He created the universe out of nothing. It's interesting that in today's world, we, we believe that we um, can dictate when life begins and when it ends. And we have great scientists and so on that have been able to experiment with cloning and so on. But they work with materials already available to them. Uh, they are not creators of anything in particular. They work with existing created materials. God spoke it out of nothing. And it came to be. He is the only one who has ever done that. He is eternal, changeless, holy, loving, and perfect. Who is Jesus? And this will be, as we go through this, the key every single time. Who is Jesus? Every single time. That's where the breaks occur. So let's look at, according to the Bible, Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity. As God the Son, he has always existed and was never created. Upon his birth, it was not his creation. It was just him embodying uh, a physical body and coming to earth as God and as man. He is fully God and fully man. The two natures joined, not mixed. As the second person of the Trinity, he is co-equal with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we relegate the Holy Spirit to some obscure status. The Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son equally God. Uh, and equally powerful. In becoming man, he was begotten through the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus is the only way to the Father, salvation, and eternal life. He died on a cross according to God's plan as a full sacrifice and payment for us. As you know, Jesus went willingly to the cross. Nobody forced him up there. Nobody held him up there. Those nails, obviously, held his physical body, but he could have come down off that cross. He went willingly. And even when those folks, it's so great, if you read the story, I pray some. I'm reading through the Gospels right now, and I'm trying to approach it as if I've never read it before. And listen, I've read the Gospels a ton. You probably have too. If you've been in church for very long now, you probably have read a lot of the Gospel stories. I'm trying to read it as if it's the first time. Do you realize that when Jesus, when he, when he was going to the cross, he said, I lay my life down. You're not taking it from me. I'm, I'm laying it down. I'm willingly giving it up. Well, it's amazing to see what what he has said. Uh, for the next 40 days, excuse me, it says uh, he rose from the dead uh, midway through there on the third day, spiritually and physically immortal. For the next 40 days, he was seen by more than 500 eyewitnesses. This wasn't some random thing no one knew about. His, In fact, it's interesting that the resurrection itself is never really debated a lot but in the first century kind of people. It was a given. They just didn't know what happened. They didn't know why it was. 
And, uh, of course, uh, all the disciples later on will be martyred because of their uh, commitment to the fact that Jesus was God himself. His wounds were touched, and he ate meals, proving that he was indeed resurrected. He physically ascended to heaven. Don't miss those little terms, that, that he ate, that he he had stars. It was because he was real. It wasn't because he was some ghost or a figment of someone's imagination. So all that stuff is important. It's not, it's, it's not there for no reason. He physically ascended into heaven. Jesus will come again visibly and physically at the end of the world to establish God's kingdom and judge the world. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a force or energy field. You know, Star Wars is a great trilogy, and now they have three more, and it's, it's fun, and I like Star Wars. But the Holy Spirit is not the force. We don't use the force. We interact with a being known as the Holy Spirit. And so it, that's subtle, but, you know, sometimes that's what people think. Um, and so far beyond just sort of putting signs or, or, or some sort of uh, vibe you have to pick up on, the Holy Spirit is a being and can communicate with you directly. Um, he, he comforts, grieves, reproves, convicts, guides, teach, teaches, and fills Christians. He is not the Father nor the Son, Jesus Christ. He is part of the Trinity, um, the Holy Spirit. How to be saved. Salvation is by God's grace, not by an individual's good works. One of the things that we came across, if you remember, uh, early on in our study was that a lot of people, even if they understand the Bible, they still think that there's something that humans have to do to be good enough to sort of mix in with, with salvation in, in the sense that, yes, I understand that you need to believe in Jesus and you need to do this other stuff and this and that. Salvation is by God's grace alone, not by an individual individual's good work. Salvation must be received only by faith. People must believe in their hearts that Jesus died for their sins and physically rose again, which is the assurance of forgiveness and resurrection of the body. This is God's loving plan to forgive sinful people. What happens after death? Believers go to be with Jesus. Praise God. Uh, after death, all people await the final judgment. Both saved and lost people will be resurrected. Those who are saved will live with Jesus in heaven. Those who are lost will suffer the torment of eternal separation from God in hell. Jesus' body re- bodily resurrection guarantees believers that they too will be resurrected and receive new and more bodies. Other facts and so on. Group worship, usually in churches, uh, no secret rites, baptism, and Lord's Supper are the two um, sacraments that, that continue. Active voluntary missionary efforts. Of course, we're, we're participating in that with the shoeboxes, and, and we do that through various offerings and sending people out and so on. All aid to those in need, the poor, widows, orphans, and downtrodden. Christians believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah promised to Israel in the Old Testament, and Jesus said his followers would be known by their love for one another. And so there it is. That's basic. Most of you are just right on that. Absolutely. I understand that. I get that. Just make sure. That those are the things that you keep in mind because, boy, it's easy sometimes just to drift from that and not keep that as central, those basic truths of Christianity. So if you open up the uh, the, the pamphlet to the, to the next side, what you'll see, if you, you kind of turn the page, so to speak, you'll see that down the middle of each column uh, you have the, the references, founder, writings, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and so on. And then at the top, of course, you have what it is that they're comparing. And so we go down the list. I want I want to hit just a few of these, and if there are any uh, comments or stories you run into some of this, then by all means, just kind of raise your hand and wave at me. And when I get to a stopping point, I'll I'll let you jump in with with no problem. Again, the point here tonight: let's learn how to use something like this, and then just 
sort of understand a few of these that maybe you'll run into. How many of you have had somebody that is a Jehovah's Witness knock on your door or you've seen somebody like that or interacting? Probably almost everybody, if not everybody in here. So let's look at let's look at Jehovah's Witnesses. The founder, Charles Taze Russell, and later Joseph F. Rutherford, uh, began in 1870. It's interesting, not that long ago in Pennsylvania, their headquarters in Brooklyn. Uh, their writings, the current Watchtower publications, um, they use the New World Translation only of the Bible. And then let's look at, at what they think about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The God, there's a one person called God called Jehovah. So the terminology, understand, is going to be similar uh, in some of these. It's not going to be completely different. There is no Trinity, which, which in a, we'll get to this in a minute. It means Jesus, is, as we'll see in a minute, is not God. And Jesus is the first thing created by Jehovah. So, before everything else was created, Jehovah, God, the only God, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, created Jesus. So, there's a difference. You understand? Christianity, the Bible says Jesus is eternal, has always existed, was never, never had a beginning, will never have an end. So, there's a difference. Some difference, but it's there. Look at Jesus, what it says there. Jesus is not God. Before he lived on earth, he was Michael the archangel. Jehovah made the universe through him. So they use scripture, okay? They use scripture. Maybe you're thinking of some scriptures that from him and to him and through him are all, are all things and so on. Um, on earth, he was a man who lived a perfect life. After dying on a stake, on a cross, he was resurrected as a spirit. His body was destroyed. And Jesus is not coming again. He, quote, unquote, returned invisibly in 1914 in spirit. And very soon, he and the angels will destroy all non-Jehovah's Witnesses. You wonder why they are out in force. They believe that everybody who's not a Jehovah's Witness will be destroyed. And um, they are dedicated, unfortunately, to a false truth, but dedicated nonetheless. The Holy Spirit, look at it. An impersonal Holy Spirit is not God, but rather an invisible active force from Jehovah. Salvation. Be baptized as Jehovah's Witnesses. Most followers must earn everlasting life on earth by door-to-door work. There again, that's the reason they are out in for salvation in heaven is limited to 144,000 anointed ones. This number is already reached. Sort of interesting why they would still be going around. You know, anybody know what, what book of the Bible that 144,000 comes from? Yeah, Revelation. It, it, it makes reference to that. Death. The 144,000 live as spirits in heaven. The rest of the righteous, the great crowd, live on earth. Interesting. They must obey God perfectly for a thousand years or be annihilated. Which struggle would do that for a thousand seconds? You with me on that? Good grief. Obey God perfectly for a thousand years. My goodness. Other beliefs, known as the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, they meet in kingdom halls, as you've probably seen, instead of churches. Active members are encouraged to distribute literature door to door once a year. Lord's Evening Meal or Communion may, may participate. Only the anointed ones may partake. They do not observe holidays or birthdays. I remember maybe you, if you've been involved in public education or have children or grandchildren that are involved, uh, you, you, you see that very clearly, that Jehovah's Witnesses are, are disallowed from participating in any sort of official religious or patriotic type stuff. Uh, they're forbidden to vote, salute the flag, work in the military, or accept blood transfusions. That's sort of interesting as well. So... Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and they, yeah, some folks will die because of that, because of their religious beliefs. So that's that's in general. I don't know if that's news to you or just maybe a little bit helpful, kind of put some 
uh, you know, some words with maybe, well, I'm not sure what they believe. Again, the key in using this particular pamphlet and talking with people that you may interact is first know what biblical Christianity is and be able then to compare that with, with what these other folks believe. And I will say this as we move forward. Don't feel like you've got to memorize every single thing. Now, listen, it would be great if you did. Uh, wouldn't we all be better served to be able to carry on a conversation just like that? But at the same time, uh, make sure that you have, and this is why I give this to you, you've got a reference. You've got something you can go back to. So, so if you get stuck in a conversation somewhere, it's, it's not, uh, it may be a little bit embarrassing for you. You may think that, but just say, look, I, let, me, let, let me ask you a couple of questions. What do you, what do you think about Jesus? How do, you, how do you get salvation? Those kinds of questions will help you then answer them. Let's look at, well, let me pause for a second. Anything on Jehovah's Witnesses there? Yes, ma'am. No, I don't. That's a good question. I, I, I'm not sure that, along with, and I'm glad you, you asked a question, because along with this, what I'd like for you to do, if you've got questions that are not answered here, just write those down, and I'll do some research this week. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I'll know them, maybe I won't. We'll see what we can find out, because those are, this thing does not answer everything, and it will pose some other questions like that. So feel free. If you've got something like that, the only reason I ask you to write it down is because I'm going to forget it. And I'd like to remember and be able to get you something on that, right? So I understand that it gets um, progressively worse with age. Is that, okay, some of you are not going to answer that, all right? So anyway, your spouses will answer it for you if they're here. So, yes. Yeah, it is. It, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times what, what different religions will do is they'll use the Bible, but not all of it. And that's called proof texting. That means you're going through and looking for something that will prove what you want to believe. You're, you're proof texting. You yank it out. And, and, you, and there, listen, there are some religions and some faiths or sects of Christianity that are, that are based on one verse. Just one verse and that's it. And, and it's amazing that folks will not take the full scripture. We have to be very careful to do that. We may not understand it all, but we have to, to take it all. And uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, uh, it's, uh, you're right. A lot of times they'll, they'll take it and do something different with it. Let's look at Mormonism. Sure, far away. I don't know. That's a good question. I've wondered that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure. That, that's an excellent question. I could speculate, but that's all it would be. Speculation. I'm not sure on that. Anybody, anybody familiar with that in any way? Uh, the reasons against the... Uh, civic and, and sort of civil involvement, um, voting and, and you know, salutation of the flag and so on. Yeah, I'm not sure of that. That would be, be another one. Write that down. I'll find out. Dig a little deeper. Okay, let's look at Mormonism. Joseph Smith, Jr. is the founder, uh, founded uh, as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You may have seen their commercials or something along those lines. In 1830. Their writings, the Book of Mormon, uh, they use the Bible, the King James Version only, or Smith's, uh, what he calls it, the inspired version. Um, uh, God the Father, look at the God part, was once a man but progressed to Godhood. He has a physical body as does his wife, the Heavenly Mother. There is no trinity. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are three separate gods. Worthy men may one day become gods themselves. That's something that many Mormons will not lead with. Uh, they, they, may, they may understand it and believe it, but they're probably going to lead with that. They'll lead 
uh, with, with something else, but not that. That Jesus is a separate God from the Father, or, or the Father known as Elohim, which is just a generic term for God in the Old Testament. He was created as a spirit child by the Father and Mother in heaven, and as the elder brother of all men and spirit beings. His body was created through sexual union between Elohim and Mary, which is completely different than what the Bible teaches. Obviously, we know that. Jesus was married. There's no record of that, no implication of that anywhere in the Scripture. Again, the proof texting will will twist things, take them out of context, and try to prove that Jesus, and, and most people that argue that he was married would say that it was Mary Magdalene that he was married to, and yet there's no direct proof of that in any way. Um, his death on the cross does not provide full atonement for all sin, but does provide everyone with resurrection. The Holy Spirit is different from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is not God, but is an influence or electricity-like emanation from God or light of Christ. Again, sort of that force, that, that something that is out there. Salvation resurrected by grace, but saved or exalted to Godhood by works, including faithfulness to church leaders, Mormon baptism, tithing, ordination, marriage, and secret temple rituals. No eternal life without Mormon membership. And so this is one of those faiths that, like Jehovah's Witnesses, that if, if a young person were to leave his faith, they're basically dead to their family. Now, it may not be as extreme as Islam or something like that, but they, they, are, they are bound for hell if they, if they abandon Mormonism. Uh, death. Eventually, nearly everyone goes to one of three separate heavenly kingdoms with some achieving godhood. Apostates, which are those who uh, refuse the faith and don't believe. And murderers go to outer darkness. Other beliefs, um, uh, we'll, we'll see that they, they're very moral people. This is, this, is where, this is where the disconnect sometimes comes from. This is where we, we think, well, maybe, maybe they're their belief isn't so bad. Maybe they're okay because they live very moral lives. Look at it. No alcohol, tobacco, coffee, or tea. Now, listen, I can handle everything but the coffee there. I'd be a bad Mormon. I had, Like I told you this morning, I had two cups. I considered one before I came in here, but I was still feeling the, the caffeine from this morning, so I was good. I couldn't be a Mormon if they prohibit coffee. I just like it. Baptism on behalf of the dead. That's interesting. That you'd be, you can... Yeah, uh, you can be baptized to make up for someone else. Yep, absolutely. They pray for them as well. Yep. Two-year missionary commitment is encouraged. Door-to-door proselytizing, which means that you're going to try to win other people door-to-door. Secret temple rituals available only to members in good standing. It's extensive social network. Uh, people of African ancestry were not granted full access to Mormon priesthood and privileges until 1978, which is interesting. Before we move on, any... any um, Thing on that, yes, sir. Yeah. It's interesting, again, the, the things that some folks will teach and then not abide by or whatever. Yeah, it, it, and of course, was not him directly, so perhaps according to, to that, he was saved from that. Any, I thought I saw a hand over here. I'm sorry, I don't want to miss anybody. Anything else on, on that? Hope you find it somewhat uh, interesting and enlightening to learn. Some of that stuff. Yes, sir, Mr. Brandon. That, yeah, that's not something I don't believe that. I was reading something the other day, and I'll, I'll look that up to see sort of currently. It's not necessarily uh, that it's promoted. It's just not ever been disallowed by them, so to speak. And they believe that that, that I guess, in a sense, is okay or one they will be sort of re-upped. That will happen again. 
So uh, that's a good question why that's not there. Yes, ma'am. Hmm, that's an interesting question. Well, we won't let uh, the political debate go too far. I know we've got a split crowd here, I'm sure. But that, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I would say that it would go back uh, a little bit to be similar. And some of you were around during uh, the time when JFK was running for president, and he was the first Catholic to be nominated for president, and then was the first Catholic president. Many people thought that his allegiance would be to the Pope rather than to the flag, so to speak. And uh, so that, that would be interesting. It would be interesting to know um, what loyalties they would have. Could they, in a sense, um, separate, you know, the strict, you know, basically the other beliefs kind of stuff uh, from their role as, as president? I, I would, I don't know. I mean, that would be a good question. I think if somebody were able to to do that and operate as a both end, that, you know, it's, it's possible, obviously, to be a good president and not be a, a Christian. Um, you know, that's, that's an excellent question. It is. That's a good question. Yes, sir. Yes, they do. Yes, big families. Okay. Okay. My goodness. That's a lot of kids. See that's that is that's the, that's the the challenge that that comes with it because typically the Mormon folks will live very moral lives. You're not going to have them being uh, rude and and bad citizens necessarily. They're just they're, their belief system obviously is not biblical Christianity, and therefore they're lost. They're good people, but they're lost. Boy, that's so hard. You know, you deal with that. Yes, sir. I, I would imagine, yeah, very traditional, very fundamental even, not necessarily traditional, but fundamental way of looking at the roles in the home. Yeah. Of course, in recent times, too, the polygamy obviously has gained more notoriety and more condemnation, uh, not just from Christian people, but just from the nation as a whole. And so uh, that's more of a kind of, I don't know how you want to say it more. It's kind of shoved off to the side right now, so to speak. It's not culturally accepted, and I'm sure if it were, that may be a resurrected practice, as polygamy on more of a large scale. Interesting stuff, and it's it's interesting to kind of learn some of that. Very very interesting. I'm sure it's just the way that it all plays out is very different than what it's proposed to be, so to speak. Yeah. Well, again, not every question answered, so if there's something that you say, hey, can you look this up, please write it down. I'll, I'll be happy to look it up and kind of provide that for you individually or, or or maybe talk about that a little bit next week. Happy to do that. Speaking of big families, I don't know if anybody takes me up on what I was talking about this morning, that the natural progression after marriage is having children, but we may see a few more. I don't know, but um, I made reference to one of our precious ladies who Challenged the church several years ago to do that as well, I believe, and, and uh, Donna Scott likes to to, to take uh, credit for some of those. Donna's not here tonight. I looked right at her this morning. She was smiling, kind of nodding her head, you know. And uh, and I, I I didn't want to mention her name to 
this morning to to uh, embarrass her in any way, but uh, but certainly she said, "Yeah, that, it worked too." So anyway, um, but you know, it, it it is interesting, and, and Mr. Brandon mentioned that uh, you know the large families in in many of these faiths. It's interesting what uh, Christianity is being outpaced in birth rates in, in a lot of faiths, you know, Islam and Mormons and so on. And, you know, if nothing else, if we can bring more children into the world, raise them to be spiritual champions, and maybe we'll see uh, the gospel being spread at a more rapid pace, see our world return uh, to a to a focus on Jesus. We, you never know. So um, anyway, maybe your kids, grandkids, they'll do their part. All right? So... Islam, turn on the back side. Let's, let's skip a couple of these to get to some that maybe are a little bit more prominent these days or maybe that you hear more about. I would strongly encourage you to also read through the others because you may find some of those subtle similarities. Let's look at Islam, founded by Muhammad, who lived from 570 to 632. and is the final seal of many prophets sent by Allah, who is God in the Islamic faith. The Islamic calendar began in A.D. 622 when Muhammad fled uh, Mecca. And their main sites, uh, sects rather, are Sunni and Shiite. Uh, the Quran uh, was revealed to Muhammad by the angel Gabriel. The biblical, this is interesting, the biblical law of Moses, Psalms of David, and the gospel of Jesus called something different are accepted in the Quran. But Muslim scholars teach that Jews and Christians have corrupted these original revelations. Interesting. God, or Allah, is one. The greatest sin in Islam is shirk, or associating anything with God. Many Muslims uh, think that Christians believe in three gods and are therefore guilty of that sin. So the the Trinity, according to uh, uh, Muslims, is uh, a sinful belief, a sinful view, because it is associating uh, more than one with God, the, the, the Allah, the one God. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's, it's it's in the news all the time. Of course, absolutely. And some of this, as you as you read through these, you may begin to understand um, the views and the reasons for the continued effort to snuff out Christianity or uh, the enemies of Islam. Maybe you'll you'll understand this as you as you read that. Maybe you wonder why on earth, you know, what's going on? Why can't we just get along? Well, maybe some of this can can help you understand. Many. Um, yeah, exactly. Human attributes such as fatherhood cannot be associated with God. So understand that many of the things that we associate with God uh, are forbidden by Islam. And so you, you can see there's a huge disconnect. Jesus is one of the most respected of over 124,000 prophets sent by Allah. Jesus was sinless, born of a virgin, and a great miracle worker, but not the Son of God. His virgin birth is like Adam's creation. Jesus is not God, and God is not Jesus, directly opposite of what biblical Christianity teaches. He was not crucified. Jesus, not Muhammad, will return for a special role before the future judgment day, perhaps turning Christians to Islam. Isn't that interesting? Well, yeah, there's, uh, yeah absolutely. This is one of the fastest-growing uh, religions, no, no question uh, about that, one of the fastest growing. Uh, who's the Holy Spirit? Allah has or is a spirit. Muslims reject the biblical concept, as we said, of the Trinity. How to be saved? Humans are basically good. Now, here's, again, a different teaching than biblical Christianity. Uh, I, I'm not sure where, where you have fallen on this, but the Bible teaches that humans are basically not good. 
That doesn't mean that we have nothing good about us. That just means that we are born with a sinful nature. That by nature we will commit sins, not by accident. It is in our nature to do that. And so there's a, there's a difference. But they're fallible and need guidance. So they're basically good, but fallible and need guidance. The balance between good and bad deeds determines eternal destiny in paradise or hell. So again, salvation is by works. Allah's mercy may tip the balances to heaven as his will is supreme. So it's sort of a roll of the dice. You hope that you've done enough good things to earn salvation or that Allah just sort of says, yeah, go ahead. And so that's, that's sort of it. What happens after death? Resurrection of bodies. Fear of eternal torment is a prevalent theme in the Quran. Paradise includes a garden populated with maidens designated by Allah to provide sexual pleasures to righteous men. Again, that's something that, uh, that many people fight and die for. Uh, followers are called Muslims. Going, uh, they go to mosques for prayers, sermons, and counsel. Holy efforts to spread Islam, which is the jihad. The five pillars of Islam are confess that Allah, Allah is the one true God, that Muhammad is his prophet. Pray five times a day facing Mecca. Give alms or money. Fast during the month of Ramadan, which is your holy month. Make a pilgrimage to Mecca once in your lifetime if, if you're able. So obviously, very, very different. Um, I, I once uh, I, I heard when I was sort of reading for some of this stuff, a, a guy who was a, is now a former Muslim, was a Christian, and said that one of the things that, that sort of tipped the balance for him to think that maybe the Bible is actually true was that the Quran speaks of Jesus as a really good man and a, and a, a sinless man that we just read. And then he read the Bible and said, now, if Jesus is sinless and yet said he was God and yet Islam said that Jesus is not God. Somebody's wrong. And so he looked in the Bible and said, if, if the Quran says Jesus is sinless, he can't be wrong, so then the Quran must be wrong. You follow me in any way? And, and so as a result, that was sort of an igniter for him. It wasn't the, the, the tipping point, but it was an igniter for him to say, wait a minute. The, the, Jesus, he may be right. He may be who he claimed to be because the Quran said he's sinless. The Bible says that he is God. The Quran says he's not God, so somebody's wrong here. And in his investigation, he began to say, wait a minute. And it was one of those things. And so as you deal with folks maybe of that faith, uh, you, you understand uh, that, number one, and this is, this is, I happened to be somewhere earlier today where this hit me. Regardless of what somebody believes, they're human. And they are in desperate need of Jesus Christ. And we may disagree vehemently with their lifestyle, with their belief system, but they are a human in need of Jesus Christ. And as long as they have breath in their lungs, there is opportunity for salvation. And, I, boy, I was convicted by that earlier today, just in, in something I observed. And I just thought, you know, as it, as it pertains to Muslim people, we certainly are on very opposite ends of the spectrum on how we view the world. And yet they are in need of a Savior. And so I hope that taints and colors your prayers and your approach to those people. Let's look at uh, Judaism, which is obviously, along with Islam and Christianity, three of the big ones. Abraham, the founder of the, uh, Abraham of the Bible, about 2000 B.C., the founder of Moses in the Middle East. There are three main branches of Judaism, Orthodox, Conservative, and Reform, each with its own belief. Um, the Tak, or the Old Testament, and especially the Torah. 
the first five books of the Bible. That's their writings. The Talmud, which is sort of a commentary on the Old Testament, the teachings of each branch, the writing of, of different sages and so on. Here's God. God is spirit. To Orthodox Jews, God is personal, all-powerful, eternal, and compassionate. To other Jews, God is impersonal, unknowable, and defined in a number of ways. There is no trinity. But certainly, if you read the Old Testament, you can get both those views of God. Depends on which one you want to focus on. You can see God as personal. You can see him as impersonal. You can see God as eternal and compassionate, or, or you can see him as just sort of out there and unknowable. And I mean, both of those views can come from the Old Testament. The key is to harmonize those because the Old Testament teaches that God is both transcendent, above all things, outside of all things, and imminent, that he, he is involved with what's going on here. So uh, Jesus, it says, is seen either as an extremist false messiah or a good but martyred Jewish rabbi. Many Jews do not consider Jesus at all. Uh, Jews, except Messianic Jews and Hebrew Christians, do not believe that he was the Messiah, the Son of God, or that he rose from the dead. Orthodox Jews believe that the Messiah will restore the Jewish kingdom and eventually rule the earth. Sounds like they're still waiting on the Messiah, which they are. If you know the story in the New Testament, that was that was the big thing. Jesus showed up and he fulfilled all the scripture, and yet many people said, nope, not him. What's the main reason do you think that they sort of said, no, I don't think so? Not a trick question. What was it? What's that? They were looking for an earthly king. They, they, they understood the Messiah to be something different than Jesus was when he showed up. And uh, a, a thorough investigation of the Scripture reveals that what the Old Testament predicted Jesus actually was uh, and, and eventually will be. Not all the Scripture has been fulfilled, obviously. And, uh, and so, anyway, they, they discount that. Uh, some believe, look at the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is another name for God's activity on earth. Others say it's God's love or power. So something very different than uh, part of the, the triune God. Salvation. Some Jews believe that prayer, repentance, and obeying the law are necessary for salvation. Others believe that salvation is the improvement of society. Very different. Very, very different than salvation is by grace through faith. Uh, at death, there will be a physical resurrection. The obedient will live forever with God, and the unrighteous will suffer. Some Jews do not believe in a conscious life after death. Other beliefs, they meet in synagogues on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is Friday evening. It's a Saturday evening. And they believe in the circumcision of males. They have many holy days and, and festivals, some of which we're familiar with because of the biblical terminology, Passover. Uh, Yom Kippur is another one. Uh, Jerusalem is considered, of course, the holy city. And uh, interestingly enough, as we, we talk about uh, Islam and Judaism, uh, the, the, the most holy site for both is the same location. And so you wonder why they're fighting over the same stuff all, all the time. It's because they, that is their, their stuff. But imagine if, if you, if, and of course the, the history of Christianity and Islam and, and all of that with crusades and back and forth and all this is, is twisted and so on. But, but imagine if somebody came and took your most prized possession. Now, I don't know what that is for you. It may be something that nobody else might value. We look here in America and we think, what are you fighting over that for? Good grief. Just call a truce. You know, get over it. You know, and, and that, that's sometimes what we think. But imagine if it's the most, literally the most important thing for you. You may have only a handful of things in your life that you'd fight for. Literally, you go down swinging over. And for them, it's the same thing. Good grief. They never will stop swinging. And, and so it's interesting to me, and I, I'm not trying to get into politics, but when we begin to think that somehow um, anybody but God is going to stop what's going on over there, we, we are, we're going to be, I think, as we have been for however many years we've been trying, sadly mistaken. 
Um, and worth the effort, certainly. Uh, you know, let's try to help people get along and see the whatever, but it's just, boy, they're going to go down swinging over the same thing. In fact, the Muslim Dome of the Rock, the, 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 the Temple Mount, so to speak, is built right on top of the old Jewish temple. And so it, it's right there. The Wailing Wall that you may have heard of is part of the old uh, temple that was destroyed uh, hundreds of years ago, and it's, it's believed to be the only lasting remnant of the Jewish temple, and right on top of it is the Muslim holy site. And so, you, I mean, it's just, you talk about Oh, man, you know, that's just going to cause some issues. There you have it. And so uh, I don't know all there is to know about that. That's basically, I just gave you the extent of my knowledge. So if you're impressed, great. If not, then, hey, you know what, I don't know anything anyway. So um, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Thank you. <clears throat> it is a male-dominated society, and that's putting it lightly. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And, and be thankful for be thankful for the society we live in and the, the faith we have. So and don't punch anybody, fellas. Um, listen, humility, all right? Guys, humility, okay? That may be true, but don't pound it, all right? For the sake of time, we'll, we'll stop reading together there. But what I'd encourage you to do is look at this some more. I find it interesting. Not exhaustive, of course, but interesting. You can sit there and, uh, you know, at the breakfast table or something, you can kind of flip through that a little bit. Certainly it's yours to keep. I want to be able to provide one for each uh, person that wants one. So please, again, um, write down if you'd like a couple more copies. I'm happy to order them for you and uh, to give those to you. You'll see in there, and this is the reason I encourage you, uh, some modern-day beliefs that have sprung up very recently that you'll want to be familiar with. Uh, we go over the highlights tonight only because those are the ones that everyone is probably familiar with. But at the same time, I would encourage you, look through some of the New Age stuff, the Wicca stuff that uh, has uh, diminished somewhat but run its course pretty thoroughly through public schools and so on in the last 10 to 20 years. And, um and Scientology, you see a lot of actors and actresses that ascribe to that faith. And, and just, I would strongly encourage you, look through that. Uh, the website, if you are interested, uh, is rosepublishing.com. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with the catalog that they have, uh, but their website. If you'd like more information on other resources they have, I'd be happy to, to get it for you. I realize some folks are able to look at uh, websites and so on. Others, if that's not your deal, no problem. I'll be happy to do whatever I can. They have lots of different things on this. One thing that I'll I'll mention before we close in prayer and have a song is that I do have a limited amount, though I can get more of these too, of some Christian denominational comparisons. Some of you may be interested in that. What what are the basics uh, of different denominations of Christianity? And what do other people believe and other churches and so on? And, and I've got some of these, well, all the same size, and uh, you can, can maybe take a look at that. So next week we'll wrap up our series on personal evangelism, and uh, we'll, we'll look at just different ways to share our faith, different, different ways you can express what the gospel is, different analogies to use, and so on when you're in a conversation. So we'll wrap that up. Let me give you a preview of what's coming up on the next couple of Sunday nights after that, of course, on November 15th, which is rapidly approaching. Is it November? I mean, it's the, wow. And so um, November 15th, I'm excited about it. I hope you are, too, our senior night. And it's just a night to have some fun. Listen, we're not going to do anything. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. We're not going to make you sing. We're going to have somebody come in here and sing. 
And I've told you before that uh, my friend, he's a tenor, and I think I mentioned to you, I've heard him rattle uh, places that will seat about 1,800 people. We may bust the windows that night, and we'll listen. We'll put them back together and have a good time, all right? So, anyway, Joe will be here, and, and we'll enjoy that. It'll be a catered meal starting at 6 o'clock for all of our senior adults. And uh, feel free to bring some friends. I've invited a, a, another local pastor. Uh, they don't have a service on Sunday night, so you're more than welcome to come on and join us and, and have a good time. So you got a couple of friends that would like to, to come with you. Uh, folks that you may see out and around, and feel free to invite them. And then on November 22nd, we're going to do a Thanksgiving meal and family fun night, just as a big fellowship on that Sunday evening, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And so that's we'll do that that night. We'll have a meal, be a very relaxed atmosphere. Gym will be open, uh, and, and we'll we'll shoot some basketball if you want to. We'll sit around and talk and eat desserts and get real full and feel lousy about ourselves and then go home, all right? And so that will be on the 22nd. And so we'll I'll give you some more information later on about some other stuff we, uh, that we'll be doing. So anyway, don't forget, if you'd like one of the dom- denominational comparisons, those will be up here. If we run out, just, just write it down for me. Seriously, I'll, I'll order some this week and, and make sure that we get those as quickly as possible. Let's close in prayer, and then we'll stand together, and Randy will lead us in a closing song, all right? Lord, we're thankful to know your truth. We're thankful that uh, that you have revealed yourself to us in that way. And, Lord, uh, please help us to remember that no matter who we deal with, is someone in need of Jesus Christ. But regardless of whether they are antagonistic, whether they don't like us, whether their entire faith hates us, Lord, I pray that we remember that that does not dehumanize them in any way, but it just increases their need for you. And so help us not to be arrogant, but help us to be willing to share and to dole out the love of Jesus as much as we can. We thank you for little things like this that we've looked at tonight that help us understand. And so, Lord, in our approach, we pray that it will be tainted and covered with grace and love and truth all at the same time. So, Lord, we pray that you'd give us interactions as we increase our knowledge and and understanding on how to talk about Jesus with other people. We pray, Lord, that this week would be one of blessing and encouragement for each person that's here. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.